Strong Life Coach podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. Today, I'm joining the podcast studio by attorney Luz Tijerina Garduño. Luz, welcome to the show. Hi, Derek. Thank you for having me. All right. I am excited about our conversation. If you are listening, if you're listening in, I want you to know a little bit about Luz. Um, Southern California-based immigration and criminal law attorney, Luz Tijerina Garduño, um, her focus is on family-based petitions, deports defense, asylum, and helping crime victims. Luz also handles immigration cases and represents defendants in criminal court. Okay, Luz, tell me, what inspired you to become an attorney? Um, when we came, I was born in Mexico, and we came here when I was very young. My parents would always watch the news, and, you know, the news is very... Um, good at showing when people are being taken advantage of attorneys or, you know, their plans don't work out as they um, were planning to. So I remember one day my dad was watching the news and I was there with him. They were talking about, um, you know, their, I think they had um, defrauded them. They had taken their money, the attorneys or what they thought were attorneys. And I just remember seeing how sad that family looked and it um, resembled my family a lot because we went through the same thing. My dad had gone through a process that didn't um, plan out as they had told him, taken all that money and we were left at the same spot that we started. So um, I remember turning around to my dad and telling him, you know, I'm gonna be an attorney, um, but I'm gonna be a good attorney. And I was about six or seven maybe. I did not know what being an attorney was going to entail at that time. Um, and my dad just said, all right, you know, you're gonna be an attorney. And I kept on going with that. I don't think he ever thought, um, I would become an attorney or I would stay, you know, with that um, goal. But um, that's pretty much what pushed me to become an attorney that I saw how people were getting hurt by others. Um, and I just wanted to do something good for the community. Wow. I love the concept of you being ignited by compassion and be ignited by the ambition to help other people. And especially when you were talking about seeing people who were taken advantage of. And I love the, the concept in addition of you wanted to be that, that he, the heroic representative for people. So, so people, so, so people might have their, their, their um, have different motivations or inspirations for the journey, but to see that you, um, it was something as simplistic as a sad news story completely changed the direction of your life. So to me, that's a, it's a beautiful, powerful story. Yeah. It, and, you know, it's, um, I think it also had a lot to do with me seeing the everyday struggles of an immigrant. So, you know, my parents, including myself, I think that really um, set it home that, you know, it's not just another client or another family. It was seeing um, almost my family in that interview that they were doing. So that's what really pushed me that, you know, I don't, I didn't want other kids to feel the same way that I had um, when that um, the whole thing happened. So I think that's um, that's something that really kept on pushing me all throughout college, law school, and then you know now practice. Mm -hmm. How special was that when you finally got like when you were just whether how special was it when you were uh, you were walking the stage for your you know the, the, your juris doctor or your or passing the bar the, the bar like how special were those moments for you? given those humble beginnings and given that the dream started when you were six, seven years old? 
Um, I think it, it didn't really hit or it, it wasn't that, um, you know, that sentimental graduating because I knew there was the bar <laughs> and I had already told my parents, you know, we're not celebrating until the bar because that's not, that's when I become an attorney. And I remember um, the day that we were waiting for the bar exam, uh, the results, I was sitting in their living room table and I told them to go away. I told them and my husband, you know, go away. I'm going to open it up by myself. And um, actually my mom was at home because I, I called her when it happened. And all I remember her saying was, uh, we did it, baby, we did it. And <laughs> that makes me really sentimental because when she said those words, it really um, made me realize that it was a family effort. You know, it wasn't just me um, studying or doing all of that, but it was them putting their money, putting their support um, through all those years and finally saying, you know, she did it, but we were there for her. Yes, I love that. When, when, I, when I heard your story, it reminds me of the victory was for the village and not just for an individual. And, I, and, and that's very much what I hear from you is it, it was a collective win and it, wasn't, it, was. it was not an individual win by itself. As much as I, I like to say that, you know, I, I did it myself <laughs> um, and that, you know, I don't need anyone to help me. I, I did need those people there. I needed my, my parents and my husband who came in, you know, towards the end, but he was a lot of support as well. Mm, yes, I love that. I love it. Now, what do you enjoy most about being an attorney? Um, helping people. <laughs> so, you know, when, um, when we get those cases approved and I get to tell um, the, the client and their family, you know, is thanking me for, I mean, you know, it's a, it's something that will change their lives forever. Um, when we're able to bring someone out of custody because, you know, we're able to get them their, their green card, or we're at least able to bring them out to fight for a case instead of them just, um, signing and being taken back to their home country. Those are the moments that, you know, really, really make me um, be thankful for what I'm doing, because I know that that's another day, a day that that person gets to spend with their family. Um, and I think it just comes down to that. It's um, very, I want to keep those families together because I know um, how difficult it would be for those children or even for, you know, husband and wife to be separated. Mm -hmm. Yes. When, when I hear the details of what you do in that space, it reminds me of somebody who's who has a profession where you're delivering hope for a living, right? It's the hope for a united family, hope for um, a united uh, marriage, right? Even how you just described. And I, and I think that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a powerful thing. So, to, to, so when, you're, when you're victorious in some of your cases, um, like how, how does that influence you? I know you brought up a sentimentality component for, for part of your journey. Like how does that influence you when you're victorious in some of your cases? Um, it, it, now that I have children and, you know, I, I have to spend time away from them because I am traveling to the detention centers or to see my clients and we do get a victory, um, you know, it makes it, everything feel like, you know, it was all worth it. Um, at the end of the day, I know that my children are okay. I mean, you know, they're not going to they're not going to hurt by not having mom around for a day or, you know, a few hours, but um, knowing that we were able to change someone else's life or even give them an opportunity to do something better, you know, that really pushes me to keep on going. 
and um, just be really thankful for what I have and to, you know, not take any day for granted. So I know it's a lot of work sometimes and um, I do, you know, I stress out, but I know that at the end of the day, it's all going to be worth it for those clients. Mm, yes, yes, yes. And I appreciate that. And I, I think there's a, there's a lot of respect there that goes with um, the sacrifice that you make on an ongoing basis to give other people the opportunity to have a better life. Okay. Now, how did you how did you decide to focus on family based petitions, on deports, defense, asylum, helping crime victims, immigration? How did you how did you fo- decide to focus on those specific areas? Um, I when I was in law school, I interned at the public defender's office. Um, and it was, it was interesting, but, um, you know, we, we had, I don't know if it was just my luck or what it was, but during that, uh, that year that I interned with them, they had a lot of, um, child abuse cases and it really left me feeling, um, every day, you know, when we would leave, I just wouldn't feel very, very happy because they would just kind of stay with me. Um, and then I was able to also intern for um, immigration attorneys, you know, and they started off with the basic, which is just, you know, how to fill out the forms, all of that. Um, and it just became really natural to me, um, you know, understanding the process. Um, so when I, I put those things together, because those were my two main passions, um, either immigration or criminal defense. And I specifically wanted to be a public defender, not a private um, criminal defense attorney. Um, so when, you know, after those experiences, I said, you know what, I think I'm going to focus a little bit more on the immigration part. Um, I was able also to work with uh, domestic violence victims and help them through immigration process. Um, and I saw how those, you know, we were able to turn a bad situation or a bad experience into something really good for them. And I realized those were the kind of cases that um, even if it was stressful, even if it was a lot of work, um, long hours, it was going to give me some kind of, um, you know, like um, it's worth it at the end because the other ones were just very, um, maybe we can say like soul consuming. <laughs> um, they were really sad. I did not feel happy because I kept on thinking about those cases. So um, that's how I decided, you know, let's stick more with these other things that I know um, the end will be a little bit better for us. Sure. Wow, I think that there is the quote that came to me when you were sharing was the idea of considering the end in mind from the beginning. And when you described one was soul crushing and the other one was fulfilling or one was rewarding and uplifting, you know, at, at the end. And I think um, and, and thinking about that from, from, from any, I think anybody can relate to that is when you finish up your job or your role or in your context, maybe we'll even call it a, a case or other people would call it maybe a project. When you finish out a, a certain project and you consider how you're going to feel about the work you did. And, and, I, and I appreciate the awareness of it. But in some of these, these areas, loose are some of the most negative experiences that people are going through in their lives. How do you navigate I think the emotionally heavy moments, you know, that come to you on an ongoing basis. Um, you know, and that's something I always think about because a lot of my clients do tend to be um, older males, older Hispanic males. 
And, you know, sometimes I do have to sit with them and, and give them the talk, you know, you can't do this anymore, or we have to have to focus on your case, um, you know, and it's sometimes I put myself in their shoes. And I think, why am I going to listen to this, you know, this little girl here telling me these things. Um, but, you know, I, I try to navigate with them like that and tell them, you know, I know what you're going through. My family has gone through this and, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to walk through it step by step and we'll get to each thing as, as we get there. Because a lot of times the first thing that they will ask is, you know, um, am I going to win my case or am I going to get to stay here? And unfortunately with our immigration laws, um, that are they're changing almost every day on us at this point. Um, you know, we can't give them a, a, a straight answer as to that. So I tell them, you know, we're going to go step by step. And that kind of um, makes them feel a little bit better because, you know, they look at what's coming next instead of the final result, which sometimes could be, you know, I am getting um, an, a deportation order or I am going to unfortunately not be, be eligible for my case because of whatever I have. Um, so I think that's how, how I've been able to, to communicate with my clients, just kind of doing, take it day by day. And I think that's, that helps even us just in, in general, you know, take things out at a time and then, um, we'll get to the problems when we get there and try to tackle them together. And they really, um, responded to that. Mm, yes. I like that. I like it. And I, and I, I think it's, there's a, there's a proverb that says that, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think you're really protecting people's um, hope so that it's not just, you can't promise them the world, you know, is what I'm hearing from you. You know, you have to be mindful of what you do and do um, promise. Of course, you're going to do your best to be able to help them in any situation, but there's so many additional factors and variables that are at play um, that you have to uh, be mindful with what you let them know um, potentials, you know, what potentially will happen. Um, but wow, wow, that's a, that's a big deal to navigate for other people. What has been one challenge that you faced as an attorney that you have overcome? I think, um, being a first generation, I mean, even first generation college graduate, you know, going on to, um, graduate school and, and coming into the, the field of um, law, um, it has been difficult not, not having someone there, like, um, you know, maybe a family member or even a, a family friend who could be my mentor. Um, you just kind of have to dive in and, you know, sink or swim. Um, and I think that was difficult for me at the beginning, finding someone who I could um, go to for advice, but who I also knew was going to have, um, you know, the, my back so to speak. So they were not just going to, you know, sure, you know, this or that, but not really be looking out for me, um, which you unfortunately do find a lot in, in any field, I think. Um, so I think that was very difficult at the beginning, trying to figure out how to um, navigate this, how to be, you know, professional and also um, trying to learn everything you could about the law or about, you know, how um, the different things you needed to do for your license and, you know, how to run an office, all of that. Um, I think that was difficult. Um, now that I have been able to, you know, meet more people in the, in the community um, and find a mentor, I think that has been very, very helpful um, because they, not, not only for, you know, how to work through the immigration process, but also just, um, you know, how to 
continue living your life, do a work-life balance, um, you know, not just be consumed with work. Um, I think that has been um, something that was really difficult at the beginning for me. Sure, sure. Now, in, in, for, for, for context purposes, after law school, did you go work for a firm? Did you start your own or how did you, where was your first um, position after, after law school? After law school, um, once I passed the bar, I did get hired by a firm um, and I was there with them for about, I want to say two to three years. Um, I left that firm to go to a bigger firm um, and I was there only for a few months and then I decided to go off on my own and start my own um, office. Nice. So I have been, um, I have been uh, by myself and well, I have been solo now for it's going on um, almost four years. Wow. Okay. Okay. And the reason I was asking that, because I know sometimes when, when, um, when attorneys, you know, finish up law school or when they're starting their career, right. Um, they'll have their firm that might be able to help them out, whether that's their peers or their colleagues, or even maybe even their boss who might be an attorney. And then people who are solo, um, they don't have the people that their colleagues in the office and they have to, um, really proactively pursue the mentors you were describing. Um, so how, how was that for you? When you're talking about the challenge of not having a mentor, was that in, in, in the law firm and as a solo, or was that more one than the other? Um, it was probably both. <laughs> um, when I was in the law firm, my boss uh, really took the approach of, you know, you're going to go into a hearing um, I know you've never been to a hearing and you don't know what's going on, but you're just going to go and do it and learn by doing it. Um, now I thank him for that because it, it really did push me to just go all out. And, you know, he sent me to um, a marriage, which is a, an immigration trial in that way. I mean, he did tell me, you know, think about this or that, but I had no idea what I was expecting. Um, and I, I think it, it helped to kind of just pull the bandaid and just do it. But I also wish um, at the same time that he would have at least taken me, me to a few hearings and said, you know, this is the procedure, this is what you're gonna do. Um, and then, you know, once I did leave the, the law firms and I started off on my own, um, it was very difficult because I did not know, um, you know, um, what to do, how to start marketing myself. I did not know, um, you know, what I needed in terms of setting up uh, my taxes or things like that. So I think, in both aspects, I did um, need uh, someone there to kind of guide me a little bit. Sure. Now, especially as a um, as an owner now and in, in your space, do you see like, you know, getting to the spot in the position where, you know, you're growing and expanding when you're bringing on attorneys, do you see yourself, you know, being more hands on with potential other attorneys that would be coming into your law firm and all of that? Do you see yourself like, in other words, um, how different do you see yourself doing it compared to the, um, the training that you received? Um, I think because of the training that I received, I am a lot more hands-on. Um, even just when I have friends who are, you know, uh, maybe just recently graduated or are starting to get into the, um, the fields that I am in and they ask me questions, I do tend to kind of overdo it because <laughs> I try to do and you know, you're going to do one, two, three. Um, because I do know how, how it feels to be new and, um, you know, not know what you're doing and kind of feel lost because sometimes 
I even still feel like that, you know, if it's a new kind of process or some some new court that they all have their different um, guidelines, I still feel like that. And I really don't like that feeling. But, you know, that's why I try to to help as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I love that. I mean, I, I love it. I think many times when we have uh, negative experiences, you know, in this case, um, we can think about what well, do I want to perpetuate the negative experience or do I want to create this new um, almost a new standard moving forward and what I'm hearing from you is is you really wanted people the people coming behind you 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 were in some ways forced to uh, trailblaze and and go forward without a lot of the guidance but now what I'm hearing from you is you're willing to be a much more active guide than than you received Correct. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, it was um, it was a bad way of, of my my boss to do it because I, you know, I, like I said, it kind of just helped to get started and just get my feet in there. But, um, you know, I do think that if we can help other people with a little bit more guidance, I, it's always welcome. That's right. And that's the reason I have a job as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is what is one common challenge other attorneys faced and what do you think is a great solution to that challenge? Um, well, I think that goes hand in hand with what we were talking about. You know, it's just um, finding a way to, to get into whatever field that you're in. Um, a lot of times when we're in law school, we, we don't get as much exposure as we would like to certain fields. Um, and I do see that in, uh, a lot of colleagues have, have um, had that experience where they wanted to do a certain type of law, but they didn't get that, um, that experience in law school. And now it's a little bit more difficult to just kind of go in, um, you know, and th- they're looking for a mentor. They're looking for someone who can kind of guide them um, or even just, you know, offer them some kind of um, help to, to get into that field. And I think that's kind of the, the um, problem that I see or, you know, the difficulty that I see with a lot of people that um, they just want um, a little bit of guidance or a little bit of acceptance, you know, to say, hey, come into our field. We're going to try to help you. Of course, we're not going to do everything for you, but we will give you some um, information on how to get started, um, you know, in case you can't get a, um, a job with a firm, you know, you can start your own, but, you know, little by little, you'll start to learn. And um, another thing also that I think um, is difficult for people who are coming in is, um, you know, just not being afraid. Um, I know I said, you know, that I didn't like them just kind of pushing me into into hearings or this or that. But I think um, we just can't we can't be afraid of um, what we're being exposed to. You know, um, we just kind of have to take it. And if we don't have someone there to help us then you know, just pray as much as you can and go in <laughs> and do it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, when I consider the, uh, we, I, I was interviewing another attorney and we were talking about this idea um, that, especially even in the pandemic, right? Like in the middle of the pandemic, um, a number of attorneys who are just passing the bar in whatever state they're in, um, they're they're just passing the bar and they're asking the question, do I go work for a law firm? But a lot of law firms right now during the pandemic have put a hold on some of the hiring because of how business has slowed down. So they slowed down. They don't want more money going out with the new attorney. So more attorneys more than ever 
are potentially considering starting their own law firm and then the advice that you pro you brought up which was guidance and then not being afraid i think those two pieces of input that the courage and then getting uh, getting input are are, in are incredibly helpful for for people that are potentially going down one of the most scary routes of being you know a, um, a, a business owner and then two, especially in the environment that we're in and during a pandemic, um, it's, just, it's just a crazy situation to be in. But I think your advice can be really helpful. I think, you know, um, if, if I could give any any advice in regards to that would be, you know, just do it. Um, for years, I thought about, you know, going off on my own and I was always scared because I thought, you know, what if, um, how are we going to pay the bills? How are we going to do this or that? And um when I left the other law firm, I was really, uh, I was not happy with how cases were being handled, you know, all of that. And my husband said, you know, just do it because you really look miserable. Every day you come home and you are upset, you are, you are sad, you know, you're worried about your licenses or that and, you know, just do it. And I have never regretted just going off on my own in these four years. It has been, um, at times it has been, you know, questionable, how are we going to get this done? <laughs> But it, it has gotten um, much better, you know, it's it, even during the pandemic, it's been a good way of figuring out how we can do things differently to um, keep on bringing clients, you know, and helping them, but still, um, you know, abiding by whatever we have to with the state laws, um, you know, but it, I don't think that I have ever said, you know what, I wish I was back in, in that law firm or I wish I had, you know, uh, my boss again over here hovering over me trying to figure out what I'm doing. Yes, yes. Um, you know, I think it's as that much more value coming from you. Of course, you're at your four year mark, you know, and they talk about, you know, different statistics that thrown out about, oh, like, this, this, this amount of, of uh, businesses fail in their first year. And then this large amount of businesses fail in their second year. So you're in your fourth year. So um, I know that, that, you know, you just, I think there's this concept where it's like surviving is underrated. Like surviving is a big deal. And then continuing to grow and expand um, the, way, um, you, the way you're describing. I, I think all those things are a big deal. Um, and I think, are a testament to, um, again, to your endurance, your perseverance through whatever we've been through, whatever you've been through over the last four years. Yeah, you know, um, I think uh, we really hit rock bottom when I was in law school. You know, we were going through a lot of financial issues with my family. Um, and then once that happened, I realized, you know, if I got through that, we can get through anything. And that kind of is always what's um, in the back of my head now, you know, thinking if, if when I started off, it was, you know, difficult, how am I going to bring clients in? Nobody even knows that I'm here, um, this or that, you know, and, and I always thought at the end of the day, you know what, we, we went through all of that and we did not go through all of that just to, you know, be, be unhappy at a workplace or just, do everything that you know just kind of have a routine but really not be learning anything or um persevering you yeah. know so that's kind of what keeps on pushing me every day just thinking we we went through something and we were able to survive that because there's bigger things ahead of us and um for us as well yes yes wow the, that that principle right there that you just described of 
Remembering the Times When We Were at the Rock Bottom podcast listeners, I want you to tune into what she just said and think back to your journey. Think back to when you were at rock bottom, the lowest point in your life. Think back to that moment for, for, for a second here and think about how you've persevered and have endured and have overcome to get to where you are now. Now, and then let that continue to encourage you to move forward because, and I, I, I'm with Luce 100, I'm with you on this one, Luce 100%, because when I look back at some of the most dramatic moments of my life, the hardest times, most of those times looking back are way worse than anything I'm facing right now. Let me talk, speak to also people that are facing a really hard time right now. Maybe you're actually in your moment. Like this is it. You're, you're, you're in your rock bottom moment. This will be the moment when you will look back and see. And this is going to be the moment that's going to give you courage. This is the moment that's going to help you move forward. It's not easy right now, but it will be, um, it will be a part of your inspiration to look back at the rock bottom moment, just like Luce described. And it's going to give you a lot of courage and inspiration moving forward. All right, Luce, the next question I have for you is what has been the best way to market your law firm? I'm going to say this, and I don't know if you will agree with that, but it um, just doing a good job and, you know, getting that relationship with the clients where they trust you um, and it's word of mouth. That has been my best way to market my law firm. Um I know, I know a lot of people don't agree with that, you know, because it's not a sure way. Um, and even when I started, I would get mad because I would ask people, you know, what, what, what works for you? And they would always tell me, you know, word of mouth or clients referring, you know, their family member, this or that. And I would just say, you know, that's not helping me because I need something right now. But now that I've been, you know, going through it for several years, um, that really is the best way because they'll call me and I don't know them, but they say, you know, my, my cousin or my friend, my coworker referred me and they said, you are, you know, you're great. You did this for them. The clients will always give them the best things that you did. They'll forget, you know, the time you forgot to call them, <laughs> things like that. But, you know, they'll always give you really good reviews and um, those uh, new clients come in and they already feel like they know you because, you know, someone they know knows you and, um, I think that's really good because when they come in, I want that sort of relationship with them. I want them to know that I'm here for them um, and that, you know, we we can communicate like if we were friends and that op makes them open up a lot more where we can actually work on their cases without them trying to hide certain things or, you know, um, not cooperate with me. Yes, I do not disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, na naturally, um, I'm a fan of I'm a fan of, um, there's, there's a concept that's called you, ex, you exploit, not exploit like in manipulate, but exploit as in, <laughs> as in when, whatever's working for you, you keep doing a lot of that. And then you leave a percentage to explore to see, well, let me try some other things as well. But you stick with, with what really works for you. I know, I'll give you an example is I'm a part of like one networking group. And we get together for the sole purpose of referring one another to each other. And it's a group of, you know, 21 people. They're, they're great people. But the difference between that group 
and then my own clients who refer me, it's just a world of difference because these people like they're like trying to um, tell people about me, but it doesn't actually have the same meaning because people want to know, oh, well, is he your coach or you just say, you know him? Well, if, he, if he's so good, why aren't you his client right. with, that, with that group? But with the people that are my clients, when they tell people about me, then it's like they're like when they when they're asked, well, are you are you his client? Like, yeah, I, I pay this guy money and I pay this guy good money for his service. So just to, just to your point that that endorsement from a satisfied client is 10, 20, 30 times more effective than somebody else who um, wants to endorse me, but it doesn't have the same weight. Right. And I think that we see that a lot with um, when colleagues refer us, you know, because I mean, obviously we haven't worked on their case and um, you know, it, certain clients will take that, you know, and say, well, if, if he's really good and he's referring you, that means that, you know, he knows that you, you'll do a good job, but it's never going to be the same thing as, you know, the person who says, Hey, you know what? She um, got me out of custody. We worked through my case and now I have my green card or now I have my citizenship, you know, because they're able to see the result right in front of them. And I think that's the, the big, um, the big hitter that, you know, they don't need to hear anything else other than, you know, he was going through this and I know that, and now here he is and, you know, he's doing better than, than ever. That's right. That's right. I, I feel like they have a real life testimonial before and after, and especially in your world where it's a, it's a, it's a complete life change my world as well, but especially in yours, because there's so many details that, um, they can pinpoint of here's where my life was before loose. And then here's where my life um, is, you know, after loose. So um, let me ask you, Luce, what has helped you establish work life balance as an attorney? Uh, my children. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I'm always thinking about them and I, they don't know, I mean, they don't understand this, but you know, I always tell them this is for you guys because, you know, I want them to have, um, more options than I did or more opportunities than I did, you know, and um, I always have to remember that, that I left a law firm or I left the law firm life to become a solo so that I could have that flexibility in my work schedule and be there for them. So, um, you know, I, I try to do as much as I can around their schedule so that they know, you know, mom is here, mom, um, you know, is doing everything in the world that she can to be here for us. But then also, you know, work for my clients. Um, so I usually tend to divide up my day like that, you know, whatever they need. And then when um, I can kind of leave them alone for a little bit, that's when I go off and, you know, work with my clients. Or if I have uh, court, then, you know, they know that um, the night before I'll try to explain to them why my mom has to go away for court. And um, my six, now five-year-old, you know, he's the one who can understand a little bit better. And I tell him, um, you know, mom can't drop you off at school or something like that because, you know, I have to go defend someone. And he'll ask me, you know, what, what happened, mom? And I try to explain to him, you know, immigration <laughs> to a five-year-old. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes he gets it, sometimes he doesn't. But at the end, you know, he says, okay, mom, you know, you go do that and I'll, I'll be okay. I love that. I love that conversation with with mom when he's talking to you and, and, you know, you're talking about putting on the cape, right? The superhero cape to go save the world and go help people's lives. Um, but I think when uh, 
when your children look back on these conversations with you as their parent, um, you know, even that, that the concept of explaining immigration to a five-year-old, I think there's something, there's something that's precious about that. Um, but I love hearing that that's a big motivation for you for establishing that, that work-life balance. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I know he's not going to understand it 100%, but I, I try to bring little things up here and there so that he um, at least has it in, in, you know, in his mind. And um, he understands that I'm not just, you know, going away just because I don't want to be with him or something like that. Because at that age, it's easy for them to think something like that. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that's what I try to do. I try to be very productive when I'm away from home so that I can get things done, um, you know, and go back and, and be present for them. Yes, I love that. Power to you. Power to you. Well, let, let, let's wrap up the interview with one final question. What are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? Do you have to say who my favorite people are? <laughs> you can if you want to. I mean, you know, one day they might listen to the podcast and they go, look, you know, you know, Luce mentioned my name. You, you can if you want to. You don't have to. Okay, so, well, I, I'll mention two of my favorite people. One would be my dad. And um, one of my favorite qualities about my dad is that he he always looks at the positive of everything. And, you know, he could be um, down on his luck and he's always trying to find the positive, um, the positive aspect of, of anything that he's going through and, you know, um, just how hardworking he is. He will always find a way um, no matter what's happening, he will find a way to to be there and to support whoever he's he's going to support and, um, you know, just believe in the other people. So it doesn't matter if it was his six year old saying, you know, I'm going to be an attorney, not knowing how much that was going to cost or what it was going to go through. But he was there standing behind that person all throughout. Um, so I think that's one of my favorite. Those are two of my favorite qualities of him. And the other well, another one of my favorite people would be my son. And I think one thing that I love about him is that he just does not care. He just does things. <laughs> and, you know, he sets his mind to something. He will do it. He um, He's not scared of anything. He just goes and does it. And I I wish I would have done that um, at a much younger age than I, I did. Because I think um, I would have had a lot more um, more opportunities for me. If I would have just, you know, not cared about, you know, am I going to um, not do it? Am I going to fail? I would have just gone and done it. Then it would have been um, much better for me. Yes, yes. You know, I, um, I appreciate you saying those qualities, the optimism and the support um, that you received from your dad. I think him always seeing the good in any situation, him supporting you and being behind you with your dreams and then with your son, with, with courage. You know, I think the courage to, to move forward, even if people are gonna laugh, even if people are gonna doubt, even if people are gonna criticize. And I think it's that courage inside of that even if mindset. Um, I think that it's a, it's a trait, both qualities you mentioned, the optimism and the courage. I think any person can benefit from um, harnessing those in our character. Right. And I think, you know, a lot of times as um, we don't we don't see that as until we're adults or even later, you know, not young adults, but a lot later in life. We don't realize that, you know, it doesn't matter what other people are going to think because they're not the ones paying your bills. They're not the ones, you know, doing the work for you. Um, sure. And I think once we get rid of that, then we can do a lot more with with ourselves.
Yes. It, 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 could be, it could be related to so many things. It could be about wearing a tie. It could be about starting a business. It could be about, um, you know, it could be somebody trying to learn how to dance. It, it could be so many things that we allow um, the opinions of other people to hold us back. And just to your point is I want to be... I want to be an example for people to move forward, encourage like your son, regardless of what people might think, and to inspire many other people as well to move forward um, despite some of those um, those opinions that that uh, those negative opinions about whatever we're right. doing. Well, Luce, thank you for an incredible interview. I had a great time connecting with you and showcasing your journey. Thank you, Derek. I really enjoyed uh, being here with you. All right. Well, if you're listening in, I'm glad we, we, we were able to, to connect with you for a little bit here. This is the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we speak life, coach life, write life, and lead life. If you're tuning in on the Apple Podcasts app, be sure to give us the five-star review. Remember to subscribe, and we'll connect with you on the next episode.